Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. September 26th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed's Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing on a hump day Wednesday as we formally start to look ahead to week four of the NFL season? I already started looking ahead, man. It's uh, you know, ready to go for another week. Two teams on a bye. It starts now. Absolutely. I think that is the most important thing to note. Week four is when the buys start. The Carolina Panthers and the Washington football team are down. So you can have some legitimate studs that you need to replace this week. I'm talking Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Reed, Chris Thompson. These are all guys who are probably starting for you on a week-to-week basis that you need to replace this week. So we are going to help you do so, okay? The number to call throughout the show is 844 843-6879. You could hit us up on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds at Scotty Roto X, okay? And also, don't forget, go on over to Roto Experts and get the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package. It'll give you everything from rankings to the fantasy executives blog post to all great content you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Don't forget to enter promo code THEKING at checkout. Scotty, what we're going to do for most of this show, remember, we're on a two-hour sprint, okay? Blew it is out on a Wednesday, so we're going to hijack FST Fantasy Sports today, and we're going to keep it going because we got a lot of games to preview, and also your week four in-season rankings are available, okay? So we're going to talk about risers, fallers in your rankings. We'll look at some of the point spreads. We'll look at some of the totals, and we'll give you our early leans so you can start forming your thoughts on what you need to do to get a W in week four. Scotty, week four starts 
with what I think is one of the best games of the week. Many people believe this could be an NFC Championship game preview. The Rams are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I know most injury reports and practice reports will start coming out today for the games on Sunday, but we've got interesting people, okay, studs that are questionable for Thursday night. I want to get your take on this. First of all, on the Vikings side, Dalvin Cook was kind of limited in practice. He was doing some individual drills when the media saw the Vikings practice yesterday. It sounds like he's trending to be, I saw another report that he's going to be a true game time decision for the second week in a row with that hamstring. Scott, I mean, like, I think when it's a Thursday night football game, you have to, it's, it, it's, a, it's a harder decision, right? Because your other options, you don't have the full picture on them and their health for Sunday. My concern with Dalvin Cook, honestly, I think they're going to push him to go because it's such a big game. But in a situation like this on Thursday night, I have concerns for his workload, even if he is active. What do you play? How do you uh, play Dalvin Cook here? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's all accurate. You know what you say because he's even, he was even you know talking to reporters and didn't sound that confident about it. He said right. I'm kind of day to day. You know, it's hamstring. It is is what it is. The short week with an injury that kind of lingers is really not good. And you know this this is a pretty good matchup too because uh, you know the Rams have traditionally uh, yielded a lot of yards over the last year plus to running backs. Okay, so listen, if he goes, um, you know, it could be it could be a good option. Like you said, the Rams at linebacker level is not their strong suit. But what do you think? Like, are you running out Dalvin Cook if you hear that? You know, I mean, all reports are that he's still banged up. He's a kind of game-time decision. Like you said, Dalvin Cook himself wasn't as kind of glowingly optimistic. So I have concerns. I mean, I'm not playing in any kind of DFS matchups. I know in season long, if you have Dalvin Cook, you probably spent a back-end first round or early second round play on him. So you're like, you got to start your studs. Uh, is there any concern? Would you bench Dalvin Cook given the short week, given the banged up, given that he's facing the Rams defense? Or do you got to ride him out there? Again, you know, the Rams defense, you know, is not a daunting matchup to me for a running back. Yeah. But, you know, like I always say, uh, when you're in doubt, you always go with a healthy guy. And, you know, if it, depending on the reports, if he's like a game-time decision, he's going to be limited or whatever, you just want to play it safe and go with your alternative. Okay, now here's my question, though, Scotty, because I agree with you, right? You want, like, my man Herman Edwards once said, the best ability is availability, right? So you want to have the guys that can get that workload. I guess my question, and here's where the Thursday night football complicates it, right? Because you may have to make a decision on a Thursday, right? And then your other option, you may not know the full picture. Let's say your other option is someone like, and I'm just pulling this out, right? We don't know how the health reports are going to be. Let's say your other option is someone like Jay Ajayi who missed last week but is trending like he might come back, you would have similar workload kind of concerns. Let's say that's your choice, Dalvin Cook, that you got to pull the trigger on tomorrow or wait it out for what looks like a potentially questionable or limited someone like Jay Ajayi. I think, you know, you got to wait till Sunday. It at least gives you some more leeway, hmm. uh, you know, in terms of the reports. Uh, Dalvin Cook only has three days to heal. Jay Ajayi has a longer calendar to heal. We're already hearing more positive reports that he has to re has to return. And if not, you know, you can you can hit the waiver wire and make a trade to you know to try to yeah. plug somebody else in there. You know, instead of taking a zero or a two with Dalvin Cook. 
Yeah, I hear you. Let's go on the other side of this game because I think there's interesting injuries on the other side for the Rams as well. And I look in their defensive secondary, right? Looks like Aqib Tlaib is going to have surgery. No timetable for his return. But the other Pro Bowl cornerback that they got in the offseason, Marcus Peters, hasn't been ruled out yet for Thursday. Originally, they were talking about like two to four weeks, but he hasn't now been even ruled out for yet this Thursday. How do you think that trends? And, you know, we have been avoiding wide receivers facing the Rams uh, all season long, but you can't do that with Diggs and Thielen, right? Can you Diggs it, Scott? Yeah, I think you have to. You know, even if those guys were starting, yeah, Diggs and Thielen are must starts. You know, no matter who they're facing. All right, so you know, and listen, it's interesting with one of them. You know, if Talib is out, but Peters is not, they bring in Sam Shields, who's not, who's solid, but definitely a step down. Does it matter to you? Like, this is the kind of game, Scott, where I'm very intrigued by which one of these guys, Diggs or Thielen, is operating out of the slot. Because if you're operating out of the slot, you're avoiding potentially the stud cornerbacks that remain for the Rams, right? Yeah, you are. You know, in, in theory, yes. Uh, and. But, you know, Thielen is going to get his. I think, you know, looking at the numbers, I think he's obviously become slightly the preferred receiver for Kirk Cousins over Stefan Diggs. Interesting, interesting. We saw that in garbage time. I can't believe I'm saying that. Garbage time for the Vikings against the Bills last week. There's a sentence. Um, it was Thielen that wound up with like 13 catches or something like that, yeah. and Diggs only had four. So, you know, we got to see how those trends even before Even before last week, it was, it was starting to point in that direction. Yeah, it looks like Diggs is the touchdown maker, right? And yes, Thielen yes. is the chain mover? Yes. Yeah, it looks like that's the way it is. So, I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks, but don't get it twisted. Both of those wide receivers are, it sounds like, must starts every week no matter who they are facing. Scotty, let me ask you about this. It's a philosophical. It's a, not a philosophical. It's a philosophical Falafel? thing. Yeah, it's a falafel thing. Halal meat. You know, that's how we do it here with the Dalvin Cooks, you know? He's catching the balls with the halal meat, you know, all that good stuff. But in any event, the buys start this week, right? And so you're going to start seeing interesting things getting dropped and available. You know what I mean? Because people are starting to get backed into corners, you know, like the kind of st stashes they were doing they can't do anymore because they got to hold their bye week people. You're going to start seeing that. My question is this. I got a report yesterday that Greg Olson is way ahead of schedule in his rehab, right? So that sounds good. You know, they didn't put him on IR to return. They think he's way ahead of schedule. That's nice. Carolina has a bye, right? So I can see him getting dropped on some rosters. You know, if people still think it's a longer-term injury, but now we're hearing reports that he might be coming back quicker than expected. If Greg Olson is available, you know, the Panthers are on a bye, so someone may have dropped him for the bye and the injury concern. Are you encouraged by the reports on Greg Olson? Might you want to grab him and stash him yourself? Uh, I, it's it's hard to do it at this time of year. You know, with it's the buys, so, yeah. so many, not only the buys, but you know, you have questions about so many guys underperforming, et cetera. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's difficult in a lot of cases to have that roster room to stash him. I think you certainly do if you can, because he's a top tight end. You know, those those aren't easy obtainable in any way, but. You know, it really depends on your bench, your league size. I don't know if you can do that in a 10-team league. In a 10-team league, <clears throat> I guess that's true, you know. But in a deeper league, and if you're already – let's say you're already kind of, you know – the guys we talked about on the waiver wire at tight end last week, yeah, I mean, or yesterday, you know, if you if you're looking at those guys as a second kind of tight end, you know, the uh, if you're carrying a second tight end, 
Might as well carry Greg Olson as the second tight end, I would say, because uh, the potential return, if he does come back, you know, what is this, going into week four? If he comes back at week eight or something, and then for your stretch run in playoffs, you could have a type tight end. I think it's a viable idea, it, but you're right, you know, Scott, it's all about these buys, these injuries, your roster construction, and the size of your league. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. It's, it's, it's much easier in concept, uh, you know, for, for somebody to think that you could stash him than it is in actual reality. All right, fair enough. Yo, last thing I want to ask you about, okay? You know, Dirk Cutter came out and, in essence, you know, is playing coy with the media. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to Fitz. Yeah, I'm going to talk to Jameis, but y'all don't need to know. You know, and he hasn't really unveiled who the QB1 is going to be. Yesterday, Scott, on Fantasy Freestyle, which you can hear on the Fantasy Sports Network every Tuesday and Thursday, um, that was my poll question. But listen to the way I worded the poll question, Scott. I said, who do you think will be the Buccaneers' starting quarterback after Thanksgiving in this NFL season, right? And then I also asked, like, you know, is there 2019 starting quarterback on their roster just yet, right? But I, I awarded it after Thanksgiving purposely because I think the right answer and what I think most people believe is the obvious answer is you ride the Fitz magic until the magic is over, right? But then I put it out all the way until, you know, Thanksgiving because in two months the magic may well be over, right? And then in that situation, what do you do? Do you go back to your 24, 25-year-old once face of the franchise? Do you let this Fitzmagic kind of ride out? Or, and this may be for 2019, I wrote as a poll question option, what's behind door number three? What do you think was the split of the votes of who do you think will be the Bucks starting quarterback after Thanksgiving this year between Fitzmagic and Jameis Winston? What do you think was the breakdown of the vote? I say 60% said Jameis Winston. Nope, it was the other way. Jameis said 35%, Fitzpatrick had 50%, and 15% wrote uh, what's behind door number three. I was, confl- I was confused by that. You know, I think Fitzy is the right answer for the next month or so, but I think the magic is going to wear out. It seems like the poll, at least by the poll, people have faith that the magic is going to continue all the way through Thanksgiving. I think that's a little crazy. I think eventually they are going to go back to Jameis. It's just a question of when the Fitz magic is over. Yeah, it's uh right now he's playing too well right now. Three right. consecutive 400-yard games and uh you know throw I think he's throwing at least three touchdowns in every game right now and you just you can't mess with that. Right now it's the only thing that's keeping them competitive. It it would be a downgrade with with the defense that team has. They're consistently going to be in shootouts and they have to keep up with the other side. I don't right. think Jameis Winston can keep help them keep up with other teams. Yeah, and to be quite honest, it reminds me of the Kansas City Chiefs on some level, right? Like, um, Andy Reid wanted to go away from Alex Smith because he knew they were too conservative and stuff. And he was like, yo, Patty Mahomes can be in any shootout with anybody, which is part of the reason the Chiefs are in, like, an arena football league scores for most of their games. Scotty, last piece of news that I wanted to mention, and it's not about a specific player per se, but about the thing that, as you said, as we talked about yesterday, is really starting to get frustrating, and that's the deal with the, the, the penalties and, and, and the player safety and the clarification of the rules and that sort of thing. Check this out. Report out of the NFL Network yesterday that several members of the competition committee are, quote-unquote, uncomfortable with the roughing the passer calls early in the season. Okay, referencing, obviously, the Clay Matthews call. You mentioned that call in the Seattle-Dallas game. You know, but check this out. Also, I didn't know, I did, this slipped by me. Last week, Dolphins defensive lineman William Hayes, 
He tore his ACL, sacking the quarterback, because as he was bringing him down, he kind of like tried to move his body to not put the body weight on the quarterback. And then he landed awkwardly, tearing his own ACL, avoiding offering the passer call. Um, so now William Hayes on the Dolphins is going to miss the rest of his season trying to accommodate for this quote-unquote player safety kind of rule. It sounds like the competition committee has a conference call scheduled for next week, um, and they're going to discuss this. I don't know if they're going to change anything, but, you know, we talk about this as fans, as fantasy players, but it seems like the competition committee is also a little concerned about the way this is playing out on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, even the average fan can see it, you know, about you know, the context of some of these calls. You know, I saw that Miami call that you were uh, you were referring yeah. to, and, that, you know, the guy was trying not to put his body weight on the quarterback. And we've seen some ridiculous calls. I think it was Jeff Bostick or, or right. somebody on, on Monday night, you know, just yes. hit Ryan Fitzpatrick with his hand in his helmet. And, like, all of a sudden, that was a roughing the passer. Oh, no, that was the other way. JPP hit Big Ben on the head. Yeah, JPP hit hit Big Ben. My my memory was a little funny. No, it's all good. You know, Quentin Jefferson, like, awkwardly and unintentionally bumped into Dak Prescott, and they they called a roughing the passer. And then, of course, you know, the Clay Matthews. That looked like a regular hit to me that I've seen in any past season. So, uh, you know, I think it's it's certainly gotten out of hand. It, it is, and, you know, I understand that they want to make their point, but you have to put some common sense in there as well. You know, like the Clay Matthews hit, you can see he's literally trying to, like, roll off the guy as soon as he makes contact with the floor. You know, we heard the audio also on Monday Night Football. Did you hear the audio? There was something like, I think, McCoy, you know, like, sacks Big Ben, and they had the audio tracks on, and he's literally being like, I'm sorry, Ben, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Ben. Like, my, my bad, bad my bad, 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 bad. Yeah, yeah. as he's taking him to the ground, like, guys, you know, football is a violent sport. I understand the risks that are there. But, you know, I think we've swung the pendulum a little bit too far. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a storyline all season long. Scotty, I want to let people know that Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues, flatter prize pools, and they have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Brackets. All right, sign up today. Go on over to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. We are off and running on Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martin and the king, Scott Angle. If you want to join the show this morning, the number to call is 844-843-6879. When we come back, we take a dive into the king's rankings for the rest of the season. Who does he like better than others? And what does that mean for those teams' totals and lines? If he liked those players, does he mean he liked those teams? We'll find out. Roto Experts in the morning. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Got me shook up, shook up, shook up. Oh. Yeah. Yo, 
Scott, I need to go with extensions in the hair. Bamboo earrings, <laughs> at least two pair. A Fendi bag and a bad attitude. Because you know, Scott, that's all it takes to get me in a good mood. Roto experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A little LL Cool J as we come on back. It's the King Scott Angle. Yeah, you got to like that. No man licks his lips more than LL Cool J. Um, I, right, you know, but in any of videos you're watching, but... Uh... I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the King Scott Angle, the spitting statistician, as we live up to the motto of putting the fun in functional sports radio content here on Roto Experts in the Morning. Scotty, here's what we're doing today. All right, we got two hours. What we got to do is we got to go through all the spreads, preview on all the games. Games. And then what we need to do is look at your week three, excuse me, week four in-season rankings. And we made the point yesterday, and I want to keep this on going forward, okay, Scott? If we don't clarify for the listeners moving on, we are talking about PPR versions of leagues, okay? That is pretty much the default these days. So when we tell you someone like, oh, we like this person, we're talking about PPR standing or PPR formats in the ranks. So, Scotty, I look at your running backs, okay, for the rest of the season rankings, and I'm looking at a couple of guys that you are a lot higher on than most. And the first one that I see, Scott, is Carlos Hyde. You have Carlos Hyde as a back-end RB1 for the rest of the season. You have him as running back nine, a full 10 spots higher than the consensus. And I respect you, Scott, you know, because I just don't like this group think. Everybody ranks everybody in the same way. If you like a guy, put him up there. And it's clear that you like Carlos Hyde. I mean, is this tied to Baker? Is this tied for the, to the fact that it doesn't look like Nick Chubb is threatening in that timeshare or committee with Duke Johnson? What is your rationale behind loving Carlos Hyde? so much uh, two things first off let me be clear uh you know i call these in-season rankings not rest of the season rankings. Oh, okay it's, so what does that you mean know, because because you know i think i'm looking at the near future but i'm not looking all the way to week 14 and 16 you know with this kind of stuff you know we still have, so have you... other things to play out etc you know it's you know where you can rank guys right now in terms of value and in the near future etc so, so uh, let me ask you, though, when you say near future, because uh, thanks for the clarification, Scotty. I thought you meant yeah. rest of season, right? Yeah, because people so will ask, ask us future. on Twitter, and you know, you know, who do you like for rest yeah. of the season? And sometimes there's Absolutely. not a rest of the season answer on these guys. So when you say the near future, can you clarify a little for me? What are we talking, four weeks down the road? Yeah, I mean, you know, like roughly like for the next four to, to six weeks, you know, something like that. Okay. No, I just think uh, what we just got to be clear with everybody what it is we're talking about. So we're talking about the next month or so, right? Um, But you're really high on Carlos Hyde. Tell me why. Uh, Well, you look outside of the top eight of my ranks, which are available on rotoexperts.com right now, part of the in-season exclusive edge package. Uh, Outside of the top eight, you can juggle everybody and throw them up and toss them out of a drum pretty much every week. Outside of the top eight, you know, they, you, there really aren't any reliable fantasy running backs right now. And Carlos Hyde has been consistent. He scored four rushing touchdowns already. He's coming off a nearly 100-yard game. Uh, he's running very, very hard. And uh, it just looks good. You know, he's pretty much taken over that backfield. Right now, if you have Carlos Hyde as, uh, you know, as one of your starting running backs, you feel good. And I don't think anybody feels good unless they have one of those top eight. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. Let me ask you just to clarify a little bit more here. Now, you're saying outside of those top eight, you can shuffle them all. You have Carlos Hyde as number nine. So just to be clear with people here, you have Carlos Hyde above former, you know, guys who were drafted in the first round of fantasy drafts, okay? You have Carlos Hyde for the next month or so, right? Over Kareem Hunt, over David Johnson, over Leonard Fournette. You like Hyde over those uh, first round kind of picks, right? He's outperforming those other guys, mm-hmm. you know. And, but, but you know, in terms of a player like Hunt, and the other guys aren't healthy. So you know, Carlos Hyde is healthy. You know that could change at any time. We've seen it in his history, but at the same time, he did play 16 games for the first time in his career. Right now, right now, if I have Carlos Hyde, you know, going into Week Four, I'm feeling better about it than if I did do Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette. You know, with Dalvin Cook, he missed the, just about the entire season last year, and he's already missed a game this year. Right. What about David Johnson? David Johnson just been a huge disappointment. You know, draft where you drafted. Guys get completely thrown out the window right, right now. You know, I yeah. think I'm patient on David Johnson because I still have him ranked in the back end of the top 12. And he mm-hmm. could rebound against Seattle this week, which is uh, giving up yardage against the run in two of three games. But, you know, if David Johnson doesn't do it this week, he's taking a precipitous fall out of that top 12. You know, All I'm right. having patience with him. He's been getting bumped down every week, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. You know, but and, you know, I do things progressively here. I'm not overreactive. So if he doesn't produce this week, you know, he could get bumped maybe even out of the top 20. All right, so maybe he could. This is like, he, he, in essence, Scott, this is the last chance for you <laughs> for him to be an RB1 in yeah. essence. Let me ask you, though, about uh, Hyde and the Browns, okay? Because, listen, Baker Mania is running wild on you, right? The Browns, yeah. though, they go to Oakland. Listen, and... And Oakland is a team you and I and the whole world have been down on. We don't know what John Gruden is really doing. He says it's hard to find a pass rusher. Well, what do you know? Even the fact that he traded one away. Um, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he, he, he learned that it's hard to, to have a exactly. pass rusher. Yes, yes. So let me ask you about this, though. The Oakland Raiders, they're at home. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Cleveland Browns come in riding all sorts of momentum. They have the extra rest because they played on Thursday night. Oakland, you know, coming back off their loss. They are coming back home, though. Uh, who do you like in this game? Oakland is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Cleveland Browns. You know, they are home. The Cleveland Browns got their first win in two years. Do all of a sudden we think they're now good enough to go on the road and get a win? It's going to be a close game. I, 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 could, I could see taking, you know, the, the uh, points. Taking, taking points. the points with the Browns, but then the Raiders still winning because you're talking about a rookie quarterback making his NFL debut, going on the road here, you know, in a hostile environment. You know, that's that's something completely new to him, even if he if he's really started, you know, up until this point. Uh, I do like Mayfield. I do like the matchup. That's another reason why I like Hyde, because I think this offense is going to continue to move and he's going to yep. continue to get in the end zone. And uh, he's going to continue to get the touchdowns from him. He's just got to stay healthy, you know. And uh, you know, with Baker Mayfield, I like everything I see on film from him. Very crisp mechanics, very quick setups, quick release, yeah. good zip on the passes, throwing on the run. And if he can keep that up, uh, you know, this team is going to be competitive. But uh, you know, the Raiders are 0-3. They're at home. They're very, very hungry for a win right now, even more than the Browns. So I'm going to take the Raiders here to win. But I think the Browns will cover. 
So let me ask you this, because, Scotty, you know, there's in, in betting, you know, and with the lines, there are key numbers, okay? That's the term out there. And the key numbers are three and seven, right? When a point spread goes right above the three, obviously because of the field goal, you know, three and a half is a magical number in the gambling yeah. world, right? Seven and a half, magical number in the uh, gambling world. This spread, at least right now, is two and a half. Okay, and so because it's less than a field goal, honestly, Scott, I usually ignore spread if it's like two points or so because, like, what am I really thinking? I'm really expecting an exact 21-20 game, an exact 24-23, an exact 28-27 kind of game. You, though, seem to be saying you think the Raiders could win but not cover, like, a two-point spread. So are you saying, like, you are exactly predicting just that, a one-point game? I'm, I, I feel it could be like a one- or two-point game here. Okay. All right. I just think that's like, you know, that's a narrow sliver to make as a prediction here. Like, well, you I, got, I sometimes you got to be daring when you do this kind of stuff. All right. There you go. Yeah. The king. Very bold. The bold king right there. Hey, Scotty, another running back that I looked at that you are pretty high on, um, in my opinion, um, Talk to me about Marshawn Lynch in this game as well. You have him as a high-end RB2 at number 15 overall. The industry has him as more of a flex play in this game. Um, talk to me. Is it because, like, the touchdowns are the most reliable part of his game and that still gets you six points? Um, what's, the, what's the reasoning for liking Lynch more than the industry in this game? Well, uh, I, I don't like it more than the industry in this game. You know, I'll be doing that today with my lineup ranks. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. in season for the next in, week, month or so. In season, though, it's like, look, it's like I said, if you don't have one of those top seven or eight running backs, all you want is reliability. You know, especially ask a Kenyon Drake or an Alex Collins owner, you know, if they'd like reliability. And right now, you know, the, all the yardage numbers are like only about 60 yards every week. Marshawn Lynch is getting the end zone every single week on an offense that moves the ball. And he's dependable. Carlos Hyde is dependable. Right now, if you're running backs with Carlos Hyde and Marshawn Lynch, you're not feeling like you have a lot of upside, but you shouldn't feel bad either. You have a steady backfield there duo of Lynch and Hyde. So I'd be comfortable with it. You know, I wouldn't be – you might want to scramble like and try to make a trade, but I don't think you can get an RB1 unless you package him with uh, – with somebody right. else, but if you have Lynch and Hyde, you, I, I think you're feeling really good right now. You know, Lynch is not what he used to be. He doesn't run with, much, with as much burst as, as he used to, but he still runs with a lot of strength, and he's still got great vision. And, you know, it's, he, he's, he's, not, he's not superstar beast mode anymore, but he's a reliable RB2 right now in fantasy. All right, one guy, though, on the flip side, you are lower on than most. And, and, Scott, to be honest, over the last week or so, you have been consistently down on this entire offense. And I don't disagree with you because I have not seen the step forward that most people expected from Mitchell Trubisky. I'm talking about the Bears, and I'm talking about their uh, volume-based running back, Jordan Howard. You have him as RB25 for the foreseeable future, which is a full 13 spots lower than the industry who still consider him a borderline RB1, RB2. You think he's more of a back-end RB2 or even a flex play. Um, I know you've been down on this offense overall. So I turn my attention to our guys at mybookie.ag. The Bears are hosting the Tampa Bay Bucks and Fitzmagic this week. The point that I think is interesting here, the total on this game 
is 46 and a half. I know, Scott, you have talked about being down on the Bears offense, but I also know that you're high on the Bears defense and the opportunity to maybe pick off Ryan Fitzpatrick a bunch of times. Could you see the under in this game at 46 and a half? Bucks going to Chicago. Maybe the, the magic is done a little bit, but at the same time, you don't think the Bears are putting up a ton of points. So I'm imagining based on that, the Jordan Howard ranking, the way I've heard you talk about Trubisky, I imagine you could see a 2017 kind of game here or even lower. Are you on the under 46 and a half for Bears Bucks this week? Yeah, I'm on the under. You know, you, I guess if you want to sound daring about it, you know, look at some of the defenses that Tampa Bay has faced so far. You know, this is the right. best defense coming in. Uh, you know, I think I think the Bears will almost try to be like the Cowboys in a way and try to slow things down here, you know, uh-huh. slow down the clock, et cetera. But Jordan Howard has earned his spot so far. He's been very disappointing. He's at, he's averaged two and a half yards a carry in two consecutive games, and he only has one touchdown run, and he only has 96 rushing yards in his last two weeks. Uh, you know, teams are loading up their fronts against the run, you know, bringing an extra guy into the box, and you know, they just can't get on track. They don't have to respect Jordan Howard because Mitch Trubisky is not beating them whatsoever, and you know, I don't see this changing, you know, any time in the near future. So clarify something for me because one thing you said confused me. Uh, you're down on Jordan Howard, right? But then you also said in this game you think the Bears might try to do a little bit more of – uh, time of possession, running the clock, grinding it out. That sounds to me like the volume play for Jordan Howard. It's that they're going to try. I didn't say they're oh, okay. going to be successful. They'll be unsuccessful. Though. They, you know, this it. game could have a lot of punts, and it could be 9-6 at halftime. I see. So you do like the under yeah. on this, though, at 46 and a half. We'll make our official picks for the week, Scott, on Friday's edition on Roto Experts in the morning. But it sounds like you're leaning under for Chicago-Tampa Bay. Yes, definitely. All right. One other running back that you are down on, and I understand why. Unfortunately, Scott, it was your Super Bowl pick, the Houston Texans and our guy Lamar Miller. We know what our boy, the fantasy executive Corey Parsons, says about Lamar Miller. Um, is this is this tied to the offensive line? I told you, Scott, I was all season, all preseason. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I told you this offensive line is the one thing that scares me, and you know how it can completely you know, kneecap teams' prospects. And unfortunately, it looks like that's what's happening with the 0-3 Texans. Is that the reason you are precipitously dropping Lamar Miller? I, I never liked Lamar Miller either. I thought they were going to be Lamar Miller over, sucks, over, says Corey overcome, You know, but you, you, were right, you were right about this offensive line. And uh, the play of Deshaun Watson is what's really dragged this team down. And it's, I see. It's secondary, you know, it has more holes, you know, than I thought – that they were going to. I thought they were going to be able to overcome, but they're not. And Lamar Miller, we thought he was going to be viable just because the offense was going to be so good and he was finishing off drives. He's not getting in the end zone. And last week, 10 carries for 10 yards. You know, if this team plays from behind, maybe he'll catch some passes. But there's absolutely no upside, and uh, you don't know what the floor is. It was funny because I was in the Mets clubhouse last night, and all these guys are playing fantasy football. And Todd Frazier, as Buck Allen is one of his starting running backs, and he said yeah. to me, hey, Scott, what do you think of this? He goes, I'm trying to trade for Lamar Miller. My one word retort would have was, no! why? <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree with you. Let me ask you this. Yeah. I got two more questions about Lamar Miller and ultimately the, this Texans-Colts game. 
Uh, a guy, you know, one of the things I was saying about the Houston Texans also in this offseason is I was telling people that by the time you're making your push for the playoffs in fantasy or in the fantasy playoffs, I was telling people that the starting running back for the Houston Texan was going to be Deontay Foreman. Okay, we are now getting to the point where the people that are on the pup list, right, that's like six games. We're almost there, Scott, in this next month or so, if, especially if the offensive line isn't there and working well. Might the Texans go to more of this kind of big lumbering kind of back where they can at least, instead of Lamar Miller dancing around for a yard and a half, they can go get three yards in a cloud of dust at least from Devon, uh, Deontay Foreman? Do you think it's – does this help the potential prospects of Foreman if and when he comes off the pup list? You would think so, but, you know, but the original reports I saw from Inside injuries said – you wouldn't expect him back to at least week eight, and then he's got to mm-hmm. work his way back into the mix from an Achilles injury. So, uh, I'm Dante Foreman's only somebody I'm looking at maybe for the playoff run. Honestly, you know, at some point, if Lamar Miller's not getting it done, this team has made it no secret that they like Alfred Blue. So, yeah, you, know, you could see more out more of Alfred Blue. Who knows? You're my boy, Blue. Yeah, let me ask you this: Could the starting running back for the Houston Texans in uh? Four weeks' time be Mr. Le'Veon Bell. Uh, after they go 0-4 this week, though, I don't think so. I guess maybe not. So let me talk to you about that, Scotty. Houston Texans travel to Indianapolis in an AFC South divisional matchup. Check this out. And you know what? You wouldn't have thought this at the beginning of the season when we were talking about the AFC South. Um, the Colts are two-point favorites in this game. It is in Indianapolis. They're at home. Uh, what do you like in this one? Uh, this this is tough because it is. Houston's de- desperate for a win, and that's dangerous. And Going the on the road in the division, the though. Col- the Colts haven't been too good either, though. You know, they've, they're they one and two. You know, their, their record says what it, what, what, what it is, but I believe the Colts' defense, which has 10 sacks, is in a good fantasy stream. They're going to prevail. Interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit more on the other side of the break, and we'll dive into a couple more running backs, and then we'll go to wide receivers. Who does Scott like more than others? Who does he not like more than others? And what does that mean for the betting implications on those teams? Roto experts in the morning on a Wednesday. Come on back. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Karaoke. We was on the Jets game. I told you to come on out to my family barbecue on Saturday. You know, we got to get a little uh, Roto Experts in the morning dance uh, disco fever going. I would love to see you in your element. I do got a video of you and the crown prince of NASCAR doing a little uh, karaoke. That's good stuff. I am, I am always up for that, especially at a place that plays that throwback kind of music. 
Fair enough. Yo, Scotty, I got to let the people know. If you enjoy playing DFS, but you're sick of playing with the professionals using algorithms and hundreds of lineups, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, okay? Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can set an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with the late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY, and sign up using your matchups on the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. Use the promo code FNTSY. Um, Scotty, we were talking about this Colts-Texans game, and I wanted to ask you something on this. I have said, we have said, for the better part of two years... That like in DFS and in other places, we attack the Indianapolis Colts pass defense with things like stacks of of wide receivers. You just mentioned, and I don't disagree with you, that the Indianapolis Colts are an interesting streaming defense this week. Um, They're playing the Houston Texans. We've talked about their offensive line. You mentioned that the Colts have their fair share of sacks. It's almost crazy but the Colts can be a decent streaming defense. I think you talked me into it over the commercial break. I might do it myself this week. My top three streaming defenses of the week are the Seahawks, the Colts, and the Lions. And you know, they, they've infused this defense with some youth. And, you know, these guys are flying all over the field. They're playing the run well at times. Uh, you know, they were top ten unit uh, into la- going into last week in terms of points allowed. And this is a matchup that that's good for them in terms of, you know, the front wall. Now, you know, they might be giving up some yardage to DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller here, but I, right. I think you know the upshot is is that look, look, how many defenses do you start to keep the score down, and they still give up twenty points? Then it can still right. give up twenty points and register about six sacks and maybe two turnovers here. A lot of people will stream a defense based on low points allowed when. Usually, you know, it doesn't go that way very often. Right. You know, you're looking for the sacks. You're looking for the turnovers. I think too many people, when they go with the waiver wire, look for keeping the points down. I think you got to look for the sacks. You look for the turnovers. And, you know, the Seahawks are the best in terms of turnovers. But I think in terms of sacks, the Colts have the most appeal off the waiver wire this week. I think that's a great point, Scotty, okay? A lot of te- – I know people that do it, you know, and you think, oh, it's about, like you said, the points allowed. To be honest – It depends on your league settings, obviously, but as soon as your defense gives up, like, more than 14 points, let's say, it's really, you know, it's really nothing. You know, the difference of giving up 17 points and 28 points in most settings is, like, two points for your fantasy team, okay? And and you're going to get to over 14 points. Even the best defenses in the league give up 14, 15, 16 points a game. To get a, um, a defense really show out and points allowed, you need them to give up less than 10 points, and that is very rare, even for good defenses. Yes. But I like the point you make, Scott. It's about the things that you can count on for fantasy defenses are sacks and, to a lesser extent, turnovers. So I like, correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned Indianapolis. Uh, this week, you also mentioned Dallas as a streaming defense, right? They're playing the Lions, I believe. Yeah, you that's, that's going to keep the score down if you want. Okay. You mentioned Seattle facing Arizona and the rookie quarterback. Am I right that, Scott, a lot of times what you're doing here is you're attacking bad offensive lines, especially in this Indianapolis case, right? Well, you know, it, it, it really depends on the situation with Seattle. They're facing a rookie quarterback, and they lead the NFL with seven interceptions. You know, three by Earl Thomas, you know, who's – 
playing for a lot of money, and you know, playing, playing, right. playing. Of course, you know, at the level that he always plays, but you know, he's very motivated right now. So uh, that's not that's not a good matchup at all for Arizona. Yeah, I mean, you know, Earl Thomas is looking to impress thirty-one other teams right now. It looks like Scotty. I'm going to give out I think one, one more. Eh, you never know. He's Dallas, looking to impress I, the I, Cowboys. What about the Falcons, man? What about the Falcons, Scotty? You know, they just if he, lost if both he of their safety. Free agent, Dan Quinn is their defense. As long as the Seahawks, you know, are like you know close to wild card contention, they're yeah. not. They are not trading Earl Thomas. He might end up being a Seahawk the whole year, and if Earl Thomas ends up being a free agent at the end of the year, he's not going to sign with anybody but Dallas. All right, one other defense. They are usually they're probably owned. I will say that right off the bat. But Scotty, if somebody and it's possible, if someone last week dropped the Chargers because they were facing the Rams, and then this week they get home against the Jimmy Garoppolo less Forty ers go and check and see if the Chargers are available. It's definitely possible that someone dropped them because they were facing the Rams last week and thought, oh, then they got the Forty ers and Jimmy G. Uh, if they're available, scoop them up against uh, the San Francisco 49ers without Jimmy G. I know a lot of people have been worried about the lack of Joey Bosa, but a prime matchup for the Chargers this week. Yeah, you know, I I don't think C.J. Beathard has looked as bad as some backup quarterbacks Hmm. when I've seen him, though. But I'd be comfortable with the other units because so far this year, uh, although they face two very, very good offenses, you have two negative negative defensive performances from the Chargers at negative three and a negative four so far. Although they did, they did, uh, you know, they did have 11 points against Buffalo. So it's viable, but you know, that defense has been very disappointing. It has, but they were playing the Chiefs and the Rams, Scott, the two best yes. offenses in the NFL. You got to think C.J. Beathard and the Niners are more like that week two against Buffalo than facing Patty Mahomes or McVay and the Rams. Yeah, so far three interceptions. Uh, yeah. you know, so they're, definitely, they're definitely a good play. It's you know, the thing, I'm attacking the offense. A few you know? Yeah, you're attacking right. the offense. You know, and a bit, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. All right, fair enough. Hey, guys, if you want to join the show, the phone lines are open at 844-843-6879 if you want to talk to the king and the spitting statistician. Scotty, we look back at your ranks. I go to wide receivers, okay? And there's a couple of guys that you like a lot more than the consensus. You have them firmly in the wideout two range um, where everybody else has them kind of as a wideout three in the 30s. The first guy we've been talking about all season long, I would say one of our best calls of the year, on this show. Sing it with me, Scott, because it would be so nice, Galladay. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. There it is. Kenny Galladay, you have all the way up, Scotty. Uh, wide receiver 16 for the foreseeable future. Talk to me about why you have Kenny Galladay ahead of Golden Tate, ahead of Marvin Jones. You think he is the wide receiver to own for the Detroit Lions? He's earned it. He's scored at least 17 PPR points in every game so far. Has gotten in the end zone each of the last two weeks and has not caught less than six passes in a game. He's arrived. He's arrived. We were on him. We were telling people. So definitely we had that one right. But um, I know a lot of people are asking me about Marvin Jones, and I have Galladay definitely ahead of Marvin Jones. I think this is the first time I've heard anyone say, you have him ahead of Golden Tate as well. Yeah. Look, I like Golden Tate. Uh, but, you know, Golden Tate historically doesn't get in the end zone. And it, Kenny Galladay does. Golden Tate had a touchdown in week one, but he hasn't scored in each of the last two weeks. I, you know, it's not a knock on Golden Tate, but, uh, 
you know, Galladay's more of an end zone guy than Golden Tate. All right, and the other guy you have in this situation, listen, I love Galladay. You know, we, we started singing about a month and a half ago as it related to Galladay. But, <laughs> but this other guy, this other guy, you have one spot ahead of him in a similar kind of vein, a lot of, uh, much higher up than the rest of the industry. And now it is about that Houston Texans team that we just talked about. The offensive line is poor. We're streaming a defense against them. Yet you still have Will Fuller as wide receiver number 15. You also obviously have DeAndre Hopkins in your top three. So for a team that we're worried about the offensive line, a team that is 0-3, you still have two wide receivers, Scott, in the top 15. Is this because... You know, with the offensive line and the way Deshaun Watson is playing, he's trying to chuck it up. He's making those schoolyard plays. Is it because you expect garbage time because this team is winless? Why is it that we don't like the offensive line, we're worried about their quarterback, but yet you like two wide receivers in the top 15? He's not getting sacked on every single play. And they have, okay. you know, they have a running game. They're also playing from behind. And if, if they're not playing from behind, then the receivers are doing well. He's got two 100-yard games already in two, you know, two games played with a touchdown. He's scored a touchdown pass in every single game he's played from Deshaun Watson. The results are there. All right. One guy you are lower on than the industry is T.Y. Hilton. You have him as a back-end wide receiver. Actually, kind of a, a, a higher wide receiver three, where most people still have him as a wide receiver two. I'm with you, Scotty. And to be honest, when they brought in Jacoby Brissett, for this Hail Mary, it was a clear signal to me that they do not have complete faith in Andrew Luck's arm still as of yet. And that, to me, ruins the deep game where T.Y. Hilton was getting a lot of his production. Is that part of your concern with T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, you know, he's got two touchdown passes so far. And he'll get looked for in the red zone, but you know, the yardage just hasn't been there with the obvious issues with Andrew Luck's arm. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much I can depend on this touchdown type of production going forward. He scored in two or three games, but I really worry about that offense. Okay, another guy that we're talking about you are lower on than the industry is Larry Fitzgerald. You have him as a borderline flex play. Uh, the industry still has him as a wide receiver, too. Talk to me about this. Are you worried? I mean, because to be honest, some people, in the same way, Scott, how you're bumping up some Browns like Njoku or Landry because of Baker Mayfield, you know, Sam Bradford just didn't look good. Isn't there a universe where Rosen comes in and it actually helps guys like Ricky Seals-Jones and Larry Fitzgerald? Why are you so low on Larry Fitzgerald for the next month or so? I got to see that first. You know, it's okay. certainly possible, but, you know, the guy has scored in the last two games, like, less than six PPR points. Last, last week, two catches for nine yards, three catches for 28 yards. You know, I can't rank him higher based on what I haven't seen yet. You know, especially with a rookie quarterback. All right. Uh, fair enough. We shall see. Keep an eye on how uh, those Arizona pass catchers and stuff re re uh, kind of respond to Josh Rosen. I have a sneaky feeling that all of a sudden it will help the emergence of Christian Kirk, but call it a gut feeling at this point. We go to the phone, Scotty. Kelly in Tampa wants to put the fun and functional sports content with us here on Roto Experts in the Morning. She's our first caller today. Kelly in Tampa, you're on Roto Experts in the Morning. How can we help you for week four? How you doing, girl? Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's up? How are you? Good. Good to hear your voice. How are you? I'm good. I miss calling you guys. Well, uh, we got you back now, uh, Dean. I don't know if you know, know Kelly, but, you know, she's been with us for, I, I would say, probably about a good eight years as a regular caller, you know, even by pre-FNTSY days. Oh, 
Wow, friend of the show, dilly dilly to Kelly. Uh, how can we help you? So I'm a commissioner of a league, and it's not a money league, but there are prizes. Um, it's a client league of mine, so like top prizes is two nights stay at my hotel. Nice. So since it's not a money league, I just usually accept all trades that go through and never, you know, block them. But mm. last night a trade came through, and I'm thinking it's collusion because it's between brothers. Mm. And they played in my league last year, so they know I really don't decline or veto trades. But it's Javarius Allen and for uh, Le'Veon Bell. Oof. Buck Allen for Le'Veon Bell. Buck Allen for Le'Veon Bell. Here's the thing, Kelly, and I'll let you go, Scott. I'm sorry to jump in here. Here's the thing. You're right, Kelly. It sounds ridiculously unbalanced, but the reason I don't think it's collusion is because you have no idea what the value of Le'Veon Bell really is. You know, he's out. He could come back and be a running back one for the the next, you know, whatever, 16 – 12 weeks of the season, there's also a legitimate chance that Le'Veon Bell doesn't really play at all and plays like six games this year. And in that scenario, Buck Allen is a legitimate kind of comparison or offer for him for the rest of the season. I hear you, Kelly, about not wanting to veto trades. I hear you that this one sounds fishy, but I think this one is unfortunately okay because of so much cloud around Le'Veon Bell. You might not like it, but I don't think it raises to the level of veto. What do you think, Scott? On the surface, perception would make you think twice about this. But in my in-season ranks on RotoExperts.com this morning, I actually have Allen ahead of Bell because wow. of the reasons that Dane laid out. Don't look now, but you know, Buck Allen has scored four touchdowns in his last in his first three games. He's scored a rushing touchdown every single week. He scored he scored five passes in two games so far. Yeah, he's, he's certainly outproducing Le'Veon Bell. I think you have to look at more than perception. But then there's the flip side of it, the fact that they're brothers. Right. I think, you know, I've seen this in family leagues and why Why actually, yeah. like, uh, I have a guy, a good friend, uh, you know, he's stationed over in Saudi Arabia, a good friend of mine, and he wanted to put his wife in one of, one of my leagues that I was running. And I was in a family league with them, and they were trading each other back and forth saying, I'll take this guy from you this week because he's mm-hmm. got a buy, and then you can have him back next week. I've seen stuff like that happen, so I know where Kelly's coming from. What you have to do is really interview the owners and kind of gauge, you know, gauge it from there whether you detect collusion or not. I don't think there's a completely overturnable trade, and I'm with you that you let most trades go. I'm not a fan of vetoes or whatever, but for your own peace of mind, I would interview both those guys and see what they say. Okay, because I did talk to the one last night, and I'm like, what kind of trade is that? And what did he say? What kind of response you get? Yeah. He just, he texted back. He's like, my brother offered it to me. Yeah, I mean. Because his brother didn't know that Bell didn't show up, and he drafted him second overall. Right, yeah. I mean, a lot of people did. And now they're like, they're at the point where they're, they're so frustrated, they'll try and get any kind of value for it, you know, and so I understand that feeling. Um, unfortunately, Kelly, I, I I think this is on the level. Okay, hold on. Bye, guys. I love you. Bye. Oh, Bye. we love you too, Kelly. Yeah. Cool. We love you too. No, I was dropping my kid off at school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you was talking to us. Damn. 
Hey, you know, hey. But that's that's where okay. to go, Kelly. Unfortunately, no collusion when it comes to this one. All right, Kelly. But give us a call any time. Thanks for the call. It's so it's it's hard though, Scotty. You know, it really is, Scott. I mean, especially like you said, that layer of brothers. I uh, you know, and they may kind of work it out. Um, so I hear Kelly's concern. But how do you treat Le'Veon Bell right now? You know, we were talking about, do you take 60 cents on the dollar? Buck Allen doesn't even represent that. He's been emerging. I'm concerned with Alex Collins' usage. Yeah, I, I think I'm concerned with it, too. Uh, you know, I don't think they trust him, especially near the goal line. You know, the fumbleitis. you know, we started to see that more early this season. And, you know, Buck Allen's going to continue to be a factor. I think Alex Collins will get more carries, and he's still the lead back. But Buck Allen, you might be preferred at the goal line as the pass catcher. So this is a pure timeshare. Yeah, absolutely. Our guy Kenny in Philly, I see you, man. We'll take your call on the other side of the break at the start of a new hour. Stick with us for quote-unquote FST when we come back.